Thanks for tuning in. I'm Lee Miller, your coach and host of the Brave Home Service Pro podcast, a podcast made for home service professionals to start, build, grow and scale a home service business. This podcast is brought to you by Brave Business Solutions, the leading coaching and course provider for home service entrepreneurs. If you're a first time listener, thanks for your support. And if you enjoy this episode, please consider subscribing so that you don't miss out on future episodes and share this with your friends in the home service world. Now on to today's show. Hey folks, welcome back to the Brave Home Service Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Lee. And today, our episode is all about the new guys. It's all about for the people who are thinking about starting their own home service business or have maybe recently started and they're trying to get a leg up to see how they can further expand or grow or even just get some of the basics down so that they can start running a profitable and productive business. So we're going to jump right in here and get started because there's a lot to cover in this episode. I mean, for the experienced guys who might be coming back and listening to this, can you imagine going back and, you know, where you were when you first started to where you are now? What would be the questions that you ask? What would be some of the things that you wish you had known? So for you, if you are start, starting to think about either, you know, opening your own home service business or you've recently started and things are kind of ticking along and you're you're kind of starting to see some of the big challenges that come up for people in the industry. Uh, I just want to take a second to say congratulations because entrepreneurship is awesome and it is one of the best ways to take your control back of your own life and your own future. However, if you want to be successful in this business, there's a few things that you're going to have to learn. And there's two ways to do that. Either you can invest in yourself and your learning uh, and get fast tracked or You can kind of struggle through, make mistakes, learn from those mistakes, which I do believe is a big part of business ownership is you do need to make mistakes to learn the the lesson from those mistakes. However, if we can kind of help you navigate some pitfalls in the meantime, then that would be a good use of our time for sure. All right, let's jump right in here, guys. So the first thing I would say and one of the most important things about entrepreneurship and owning a business is mindset, having the right mindset in order to deal with the challenges that you're going to face in your business as they come up. And there's going to be a lot of them. There's going to be a lot of challenges that you face. Some of them you're going to be able to navigate easily. Other things are going to be a lot more difficult, you know, whether that's a client doesn't want to pay you you get a bad review, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things that could go sideways in your business, but our mental resilience and how we deal with those problems are really going to determine the future success of your business. And like I said, you're going to develop that skill over time by making mistakes, which is great. It's a great way to learn, Uh, mostly because of depending on the severity of the actual issue is going to have a really severe uh, learning opportunity for you uh, that you can either capitalize on or you can let that you know eat away at you. Generally, when big business owners you know talk on TED Talks or on blog posts, they'll talk a lot about failure and overcoming failure in their business. So just know that when something goes sideways, that is a huge part of your business. It's actually helping you grow. So uh, if you've never listened to this podcast before, head on back to episode number one. You'll see it's all about uh, entrepreneur mindset and being ready to start or scale or operate your business with the right mindset in place. We talk about you know how to look at things as through the eyes of an entrepreneur rather than just a technician. Uh, we talk about you know mental resilience and how to deal with some of the challenges that you're going to have that come up on a mental level uh, and you know how your emotions play into your decision making. 
And this is fundamentally going to be the biggest thing that is going to be the deciding factor on whether you quit or not is you in your head. So definitely go back and listen to that first episode there because that one's super crucial. And I think that that's a great starting point for anyone who is considering entrepreneurship or anyone that is considering uh, either buying a business or taking over a business from, a you know, from, say, like a parent or something like that. Definitely make sure that you're in the right headspace uh, because it's tough. It's really tough to be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of financial, uh, you know, kind of consequences for for making decisions. So really make sure that you're in a place where you can start to make good decisions from a clear, you know, mind and making sure that you're making those good decisions into the future using experience to guide you as you go. So that's number one. The second thing I would say, especially if you're in the beginning stages, if you're in the beginning stages, this is really the, you know, one of the only the few times in your business where you can really make sure that you get your image and your branding correct. And, you know, that starts with a business name. What am I going to call my business? You know, everybody thinks, oh, you know, this is great. I get to design a business from scratch. But, you know, what sounds good to you might not sound good to other people. And so I always recommend that when you're thinking of, uh, starting your business and you're thinking of a name or a logo or colors or design for your business that you're actually including as many people as possible and not just people that you know but also other business owners if you can the good thing is is there's multiple resources where you can post up say in like an entrepreneur's uh, Facebook group um, where you can say hey guys what do you think of my branding and people are going to give it to you straight right you are going to get some haters on there but you are going to get some good feedback as well from people who are going to tell you what your brand actually looks like. Because again, if you're not a creative person, if you're not super creative uh, and you don't know how others think, you really need to leverage the people around you. You really need to leverage the resources that you have to make sure that you're making good decisions. The other thing as well is we need to be thinking about who our ideal client is. Who is our ideal client? Who are we actually marketing our business towards? And you need to ask yourself, does my brand reflect the value proposition that I am going to be approaching these kind of clients with, you know, an ideal client being someone who can afford your service, who values time over money, somebody who values, you know, trust and respect and quality, professionalism, all of these things. If you're looking for a higher tier client that's going to be willing to pay top dollar for a great service, which, you know, you believe you can provide, then you need to make sure that your branding speaks to that. So when you're thinking of a name, come up with a few suggestions, but post them up and get some feedback. Heck, give us a call here at Brave. If you want to chat about branding, give me a call or book a time with me on my website, www.wethebrave.ca. Um, book a time with me. We can do a little bit of a, a branding review for you, uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and then we'll see if, you know, if you want to take that away and, and make any changes, but really, really leverage the people around you to make sure that you get it right at this time right now. Like I said, in the beginning, it's easy because not many people know who you are. It is really easy for you to set that up and kind of stick to it. And that brand that you create, the name, the logo, the colors, the design on your van, uh, your flyers, that kind of thing, is that needs to be set up so that it looks like it's going to still fit the brand or the company in five years or 10 years or 15 years. We wanna make sure that we're starting with our brand and is gonna grow and scale with our business. Um, for example, that can't be, you know, 
two brothers painting services because you might need more guys later down the road. You might need 20 guys. You can't exactly go back and call your business 20 guys painting, right? I mean, you could, but I wouldn't recommend, you know, chopping and changing it as you add a guy, you know, or take one away. So really think of your branding, try and use something that, that explains in three words or less who you are, what you do and what sets you apart, what makes you different. Um, for my own painting business, my painting business was called Wow One Day Painting, right? Uh, wow being the result that clients would look at at the end of the day and one day painting being we exactly did houses in one day, which is a franchise. Um, I know that a lot of you guys are not going to be able to do that, but have something like that where the name is simple, it's catchy, uh, have branding that is, you know, goes along with that and looks really good. Uh, and you're going to attract more customers when you look that level of professional and people understand who you are and what you do in three words or less. Okay, so Brandon and the name is crucial. Um, next, we're going to talk a little bit about territory and where you are. So we want to make sure that when we, we jump in and we start, you know, advertising our business, that we're doing it the right way. And a big thing that people do is, is they think, you know, I'm just going to print off 10,000 flyers and send them off in the mail. Well, I mean, you can do that for sure. And you'll probably get a few jobs, but really there's more effective ways to market your business. Now, when you're looking at your territory, what I always recommend is saying, starting off small. And we call this in the industry, we call this owning the neighborhood. And we want to start as close to our home as we possibly can and move out the way. You kind of think if you look at your house on a map from bird's eye view, draw a big circle around, uh, around where you live, you know, like a big radius around where you live. That could be a mile, that could be, you know, two miles, three miles, whatever. But that's where you want to start because it's easier to start small, uh, targeting the exact areas that you want to work in and keep it as close to home as possible. And when you start getting three, four, five, six projects, you know, really, really go to town on expanding out on the streets that you're getting those projects on, uh, you know, whether that's through flyers or lawn signs, uh, knocking on doors and introducing yourself. But start small, own the neighborhood. When you've got, uh, when you've got the majority of one neighborhood locked in, like you're the main guy for that neighborhood, then you can start to think to move out. But you want to try and capitalize as much as possible on the neighborhoods that you're already going to be in or you or you're going to be working in so make sure that you have a really good market and plan there and we'll get into that a little bit more later in this episode but we want to make sure that we are owning the neighborhood first before we you know we drive two hours or three hours to go do an estimate and then not land the job we want to build stuff that's close to home uh, next thing I would do is I would potentially look at doing a SWOT analysis and for anyone that has never done a SWOT analysis before uh, SWOT stands for uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And this is where you get a piece of paper, you write out those four headings, SWOT, uh, and you do a, a, a kind of deep dive into your own business, or you can use this for a competitor's business as well, where you actually use this to guide a review of how well their business is doing. But you should do this for yourself first. So you should, you should say, you know, let's say, for example, in our strength section, we should say, you know, we have... Uh, the best equipment, we are the fastest, we have the quickest lead time to projects, all of these things, things that make you stand out from the rest of the crowd, which really kind of drive your, your selling proposition for your business, but having those strengths mapped out. The second thing, so weaknesses would be something like, you know, maybe we don't have a reliable vehicle, maybe we don't have 
you know, more than two guys. We can only do, you know, X amount of projects, so on and so forth. Uh, and then all opportunities. Opportunities would be opportunities that you have within your market for further development or to better your service. Um, this could be like, uh, you know, we, we have an opportunity to capture X neighborhoods. We have an opportunity to hire three people. What are all the opportunities on the table for you? And then threats would be things that could really put a, a pin in your business goals. So this would be like, for example, a competitor opened up along the street from you. This could be, uh, you know, it's really, really hard to get people right now. This could be something like that where, you know, the, the recruitment pool is very shallow. You can't get employees. So strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. SWOT analysis is basically what every major company does on itself every three to six months to make sure that they're they're operating at, you know, optimized levels to be as productive and as profitable as possible. And then also keeping an eye on the competition too. Um, but yeah, so the next thing I would say is, is having a realistic expectation of costs. So we'll talk a bit, little bit about overhead here in a second. But the first thing I want to do is talk about marketing. And the reason why I want to talk about marketing is because you need to be, uh, un you need to understand that when you start a business in year one, year one and two should be some of your most expensive years for marketing from a percentage standpoint. Obviously, later on as your business grows and you have, you know, 20 guys and 10 work vans and all this stuff, um, your your costs are going to be higher. But from a, a percentage standpoint, you should be putting, you know, 15 to 20% of all revenue back into marketing. That is going to be something that's really going to help your business grow and scale and take away some of that hand to mouth. You know, I'll go do a job. Then I need to do an estimate. I'll go do a job. Oh, no, I've run out of work. Now I need to find an estimate. Like that hand to mouth lifestyle is, is you know, is, is part and parcel with running a business but it can only sustain like that for so long. Eventually, you're going to have to have some sort of marketing plan. If you if you were wondering what a good marketing plan looks like, get in contact with me. I actually have a scorecard uh, that's all built out, ready to go, where we can drill it down to your territory specifically, and we can develop a pretty good marketing plan. So yeah, give me a call about that because we would love to chat You know, investment for, uh, from a marketing standpoint to make sure that you get the best start you possibly can in that territory. Uh, this shouldn't be too hard for you as well. Like a lot of the stuff that you can do on market on the market in, in the early days, um, super simple stuff, you know, set up a website, set up a Google My Business uh, listing, uh, set up your, you know, local uh, apps like Nextdoor, Kijiji, that kind of thing, or uh, I maybe wouldn't say Craigslist. I would definitely say keep it as local as possible where it is a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a client. Um but I would definitely look at, you know, the most localized forms of marketing, especially just starting out uh, stuff that you could, you know, get to within, you know, 30 minutes would be great. Um, especially if you live, you know, if you're doing that around where you live, then you if you brand your vehicle properly or, you you know, you have a, a great uniform, then people are going to see you coming in and out of your own neighborhood and want to work with you uh, as well to keep things local. So. Definitely have a have a call with us. Let's talk about marketing for a little bit. Make sure that you're you know spending in the right ways uh, for the stage that you're at. We actually have a multi-tiered uh, you know marketing uh, advice uh, system that we work through. Where if you're between act revenue and act revenue, and you have this many guys or this many guys, we actually work you through a tiered model to make sure that you're adding marketing initiatives to your business consistently uh, the right way. So. 
definitely look at that first and make sure that if you are going to go out there and you know you've got good branding you've got a good name you've researched your territory you've done a bit of a SWOT analysis on yourself and for your competitors next thing you want to do is is definitely start to develop that marketing plan and how you're actually going to market this business you know especially the uh the hands-off marketing side where you can wash and know that there's marketing happening in the, in the background next thing i would say is finance and overheads this is something that you should do before you set up your business before you go out on this you need to ask yourself some really really uh deep questions about the overhead that you're going to carry uh, and what you have walking into this so some people would call this you know what's your starting cash flow situation like um, especially for guys who do things like landscaping and pressure washing there's a lot of investment in equipment and potentially making a bad equipment choice uh, could cost you further down the road so you do need to ask yourself you know what does my starting cash look like and how can I make sure that I'm getting the best bang for my buck and my buying equipment is you know going to last at least a few years to make sure that I'm going to be able to service these clients you know that could be for example if you had one lawnmower and that mower went down for whatever reason broke down couldn't get started you know so on and so forth well I mean that that's going to end your business you know for that week pretty quickly until you can get that fixed so making sure that you're putting your putting good investment into your equipment um, and your branding is super important but when it comes to overheads is we need to really have a good financial plan we really need to have a good financial plan uh, again this is something that brave does actually we have a full dashboard that's all mapped out it tells you exactly where your costs are we have a you know a mock p l we have a revenue plan we have a gross profit plan calculators uh market scorecards all of this stuff it's, it's actually a, a super cool tool uh, to have on hand so that you can kind of see a bird's eye view of your business and, and where you're going to make your investments as, as your business progresses. Uh, but definitely when it comes to overheads, just really take a minute and map out all the costs that you have. That could be monthly subscriptions, that could be equipment needs, you know, that could be repairs, that could be vehicles, you know, your gas costs, you know, light bulbs for the office if you have a shop, uh, toilet paper, you know, in your office you know everything when it comes to overheads is is really going to be crucial to your pricing and developing your own pricing model and you want to make sure that when you do choose a pricing model that you are picking something that is going to cover your overheads and then give you a little bit of profit as well if you haven't listened to this podcast before in the past go back and listen to our two podcasts that we did uh, about two months ago it's all about pricing models and if you don't have it yet jump on our website and download our ebook all about pricing models for home service businesses and what we think the best ones are. Um, there's also some tools within that book that have some calculators to calculate your overhead, uh, and then also some uh, some really cool tools for working out what your gross profit margin, your net profit margin are going to be. If you're sitting there scratching your head saying what is net, what is gross, uh, that's definitely something that we want to talk about. We actually have a tool for that if you wanted to get some clarification on. Uh, how different costs and, and different profit numbers uh, come up in your business and what you need to pay attention to. Reach out to me in an email. Uh, let me know. I will send you the gross and net profit calculator. It's going to be a crucial tool for you actually growing your business. Uh, and these are numbers that you absolutely need to know. So the next thing I want to talk about here is, and this is a kind of a hard truth for a lot of guys, is 
is it's a lot harder to find work than you think it is. It is a lot harder for you to find work than you think it is. Uh, so you need to be prepared that there's going to be some down days in the beginning. But again, if you have a good marketing plan and we work on that with you, then we should be able to keep you in consistent work. Now, the only thing is, is it comes down to you and how much legwork you're willing to put in. But work is a lot harder than you think. And you need to have either your marketing plan going in the background that's going to ensure work or you need to be financially prepared that you might have some down days. That could be for your team as well. If it's you know more than just you on your own doing the actual work, then there is also your team to think about, especially if you've got them on contract, you might have to pay a guy to sit at home all day. Um, I wouldn't do that. I would put them out marketing just as a top tip. I would get them out putting flyers or knocking on doors, etc. However, you need to be prepared that there's going to be some down days. And that's pretty common in the industry where guys will quit their jobs and they'll go and start a company. And the next thing you know, they don't have any, the phone's not ringing. You know, we created a website, we created a Google My Business account. Uh, you know, we maybe started an Instagram page or a Facebook page, but no one's getting in contact with us yet. That's because we need to market those channels. So we need to be prepared for that coming up and making sure that we, we are financially prepared and then also have some backup plans for what to do in case that is the actual case where we don't have any work on. How are we going to get the next job? How are we going to make sure that we can pay our people? Uh, speaking of people, let's dive in a little bit and talk about when and who to hire. So if you are just a solo guy operating right now or a solo person, um, who is operating right now and you're thinking, Hey, I need some help here, especially with my equipment, you know, going and I was, I was chatting with a guy the other day, actually, who said, you know, I have an, I have a, a helper who comes out just to help me load the lawnmower into the truck, you know, and he's like this guy when he's not helping me load, he just kind of, you know, screws around and he's not working 110%. He's just kind of there waiting for me to finish the job so that we can load up. Well, I mean, that's a big expense and that's a pretty poor use of money. I mean, you could probably go out and find a solution for helping you to load that lawnmower into the truck yourself, you know, whether that be a ramp or, you know, upgrading your vehicle or something like that. But if you do, you know, for, for that guy specifically, if you do have someone on site who's just there to help you with equipment, then definitely putting them to work from a marketing standpoint is a great idea. Um, but let me come back to that in a minute. So again, we talked about how you're in this prime position to actually look at your branding and decide if this is a business uh, branding model that is actually going to scale with the company. This is also a great time for you to really drill down on the kind of people that you want to let into your business. And if you've never read the book before, there's a book by a guy called Simon Sinek. It's called Leaders Eat Last. And the theory that he has in this book, or he calls this the golden circle, is that a leader's position in the business is not to sit in the central nucleus of the company you know, and have everybody else working on the outside. The leader's role is actually to walk around that circle with all of his people inside, deciding how big that circle gets and who gets into it. And so you're going to find when you get desperate to hire somebody else, um, you're going to be hiring off of emotions and you're mostly likely going to be telling yourself, I just need another guy. I just need another guy to help with this. It's just landscaping. It's just pressure washing. It's just painting. Guy doesn't have to be super skilled. Um, but unfortunately for you, if you just hire someone like that, it's going to lead to increased costs further down the road, either by time, having to recruit someone else or to pay someone that actually fits the bill for you. But here's my theory when it comes to recruitment. 
especially in home service businesses, what a lot of us do is fairly straightforward. You know, when it comes to landscaping, uh, you know, painting houses, pressure washing, that kind of thing, is there's not a whole ton of qualifications that people can go out to get that actual experience. So why don't you be the guy or you be the person that can train them up? And so when you when you have the ability to train someone, you can then skip the kind of general experienced guys pool on, you know, on like Indeed or other online uh, recruitment services. But you can skip the line there and you can recruit for people with a really, really good attitude. And then we can teach them the skill. So hire for attitude, train for skill. When you have that model of training, you know, and this what this would look like is, you know, and your first day, these are the five things you're going to learn. And your second day, these are the three things you're going to learn, so on and so forth, all the way through to three months until whenever you deem that they are fully signed off as trained. Um, when you have that training model, you can hire for attitude. And that is super crucial because what that also means is you can also hire for people who share similar values to you. Now, we always recommend in our coaching sessions that we have we lead our businesses and we lead our people through a value system, stuff that we'll never bend on. Uh, and this could be five or six core values that are absolutely important to the business. If you can develop a way to interview people just based on attitude, well, one, you can hire people who have zero experience, who are looking for a great place to work. Uh, you know, they're looking for a place where their values can fit in with yours and they're going to enjoy actually working there. Experienced people come with a lot of bad habits. I've seen this in my own painting business multiple times where, you know, I was really desperate for an experienced painter. And, you know, the next thing you know, like we've got a guy, you know, stealing on the job site or we've got a guy who doesn't show up or is unreliable, um, you know, or maybe comes along with an attitude. When we finally ditched, you know, hiring experienced people and we went straight to an onboarding and training schedule we started to see it come back tenfold we actually could train someone up in two to three weeks and be billing that guy out at 10 grand a month it's crazy uh how fast these people will pick things up when they're invested uh from a attitude perspective in your company so make sure that when you are looking for people or when you're considering bringing someone on consider bringing on someone with an extremely great attitude who wants to work and wants to be there um it's going to, it's really going to pay you back here, folks, really going to pay you back. So get on that, you know, maybe put some job ads up. And here's a quick tip for you as well. If you are looking for someone with a great attitude, uh, and you're not necessarily looking for experience uh, from a skill level perspective, is your job ad, you can actually post it up as whatever you want. You can post it up as whatever you want. Here's a, here's a tactic I used to use. I really wanted to work with people uh, and hire people on who were experienced working under pressure. So I wanted people who could work under pressure. I wanted to hire people who had great customer service skills and great team uh, team skills or people skills. You know, they're really, really good at working as part of a team. And so when I was placing job ads for painters, I would actually post them up under hospitality jobs. And I'd say I'm looking for front of house staff. I'm looking for servers. I'm looking for waitresses. I would actually post it up in there and then put in the job description, this isn't a hospitality job. This is an opportunity for you to come and learn a skilled trade where after three months, you will have an earning opportunity to make way more than you would make, you know, serving or working in the hospitality business. 
And so I always found that I got people who already had a little bit of hospitality experience that would be great with my customers. They were used to working as part of a team and they could work under pressure because, you know, in the restaurant industry, that's all it is, is working under pressure when when you get super busy. Everything has to be timed right. There's lots of uh, activity involved, walking around, that kind of thing. Um, And then also providing the client with a really, really good service. So when I would hire hospitality staff, those guys would come in you know, and they would be super easy to work with. They're getting to learn something new. They genuinely be excited to be working there. This is a new opportunity for them to learn a new skill. And they would be with my business for a long, long time. They'd be with my business for for such a long time that it was, it was you know, great. Those people were paid off, um, you know, from a, an investment standpoint from when it came to that two weeks of training. Uh, so definitely look into changing the way that you recruit your people, especially from a attitude perspective. We want people with the highest uh, level of attitude possible. Now, you're probably sitting there thinking, hey, I'm an electrician. We need to go to trade school or, you know, you could be a plumber that had to go to trade school. You're correct. Absolutely. You are going to need someone who is coming with qualifications. However, that's not saying that you have to wait until those people become available, Right you can start to lay the foundation for someone to have that job while they're in trade school already. So actually building relationships with say the professors at the uh, trade school or the teachers at the trade school is a great way for you to get people coming to you. This would be, for example, me going to the teacher at the trade school, let's just say an electrician for for standpoint. Um, but let's say I went to the, the teacher of that course and I said, Hey, Every six months, I want you to send me the name of the best guy in your class, best attitude, uh, highest skill level, really, really adept at, at what they're learning here. And I'll give you a kickback. I'll give you a kickback for, for referring them to me. I want every single best, every best guy that comes out with this course, I want them working for my company. That could be a really, really good way for you to ensure. But, you know, what most guys do is they wait until after, you know, they throw a job ad up and they're just hoping and praying. Recruitment has to be proactive. You have to be out there actually having conversations with people and, and you know, putting some serious time and effort into it. You can't just throw a job ad up and wait and hope and pray that something good is going to happen. You need to be proactive. This is the same with marketing as well. Um, but yeah, people are crucial to the future growth of your business. Uh, and for me and my business, as I always said, that my company was a people development business that happened to do painting. So I would go, my only job was to develop others, whether it was my sales team, my admin team, my management team, the painters themselves, you know, we worked to develop those people to run the business, to do a good job, to be profitable. Uh, and, and that can happen for you as well, eventually. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was money. And I know that we already touched on finances and overhead already in this podcast. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about setting some money aside for growth. Now, what that looks like for you, I mean, it's really going to depend. You're probably going to get your paycheck uh, at the end of a job and you're going to you know, transfer it all into your bank account and then spend, spend, spend as you usually do. But one of the things I would encourage you to do, especially early on, is try and set up a little savings account for your business where you're putting some money aside for growth. When I say setting money aside for growth, here's what I mean. Um, when you're planning out your business, right, is you're going to have some fundamental uh, big investments that you're going to have to make in the company, such as uh, getting a phone plan, 
you know, buying a property, wrapping your vehicle, this kind of thing. And what I always recommend is, is when you're doing your business plan, you know, like I usually set out, you know, one year, year one to year 10 uh, and mapping out what my money should be looking like or what I'd like my money to look like. Um, but when I'm, I'm setting those goals, I'm giving myself business based rewards based on revenue, for example. So let's say, for example, every single job that I did, I held back 20 percent. Let's say I held back 20% every job and I funneled that into a little savings account. Well, in year three, you know, I can plan myself. Well, hey, when I hit this revenue number, I actually get to spend some of that money. I get to spend some of that money. I'm going to wrap my vehicle. That's my that's my reward for doing such good work or, you know, working super hard. Give yourself business-based rewards, stuff that actually grows the business. That way you're going to grow faster. And let me tell you right now, I know a lot of people that wear a Rolex on their wrist. You know, but I'm more impressed with the people who say, yeah, yeah, like I spent 20 grand on my marketing and I got, you know, 50 more jobs or 60 more jobs. Or, you know, people who have a really clean wrapped vehicle is just an absolute driver for money. And we are going to have someone on the podcast here soon who's going to talk all about wrapping your vehicle and, and what that return looks like for you. But let's just say, for example, if you were to set aside five grand as a reward for business investment, if you do a good job and you get that money set aside, well, then you can invest in your business and grow it faster. This is where a lot of guys fall off the wagon is they see the paycheck, they get it, they go out and spend it on expensive clothes, uh, nicer cars, uh, watches, vacations, that kind of thing. When you're in year one and year two, these are crucial growth years. These are crucial growth years. And you need to remember that 75% of home service businesses fail. They fail. And a lot of the time it's because they can't generate enough funds to sustain the business. They're not charging the right pricing model. So they're not even breaking even on projects. A uh, vehicle breaks down and they can't afford to repair it. Um, they don't do any investment in marketing. This kind of thing. You need to be planning for, for business growth. And the best way to do that is to actually give yourself business growth rewards business growth rewards, write that down and, and look at a plan for the next 12 months. When can you afford to buy a pack of flyers? When can you afford a stack of lawn signs? When can you afford to take a day off and go and spend it shaking hands with realtors in your local area? There's a, a bunch of different rewards that you can give yourself. But every time you say, I want to give myself a little reward financially, just tell yourself that you're going to get that back tenfold in five or 10 years when you invest it back into the business. So set your money aside for growth. This is a huge one. And you need to understand that a fire can only get bigger with fuel. Um, you know, so you need to fuel that fire, right? Your car can only go faster if you add more gas into it. So make sure that when you do set those goals, that you are, you know, you get excited about them, that you're passionate about them. And, you know, you feel you're going to feel good about yourself when you actually get to wrap that vehicle. You're going to feel good about yourself when you get to actually, uh, you know, receive that stack of flyers in the mail from Vistaprint or wherever. These are super cool. If you can get into the habit of rewarding yourself with business growth uh, items, you know, and you can get excited about that, that is going to be the coolest feeling ever. You're actually going to feel like an entrepreneur. You're going to feel like you're investing in your business and making a smart business choice. I can tell you right now, like a Rolex is cool and makes you look pretty cool at the, at the nightclub. But when you're standing in, you know, if you're sitting in a room full of guys that all own businesses and you're wearing a Rolex and you're telling them that your revenue is X, but your net profit is zero, they're going to laugh at you. 
So really, really drill down on money is important and it is the is the fuel for your business, whether that's investing in people, whether that's investing in infrastructure, buildings, vehicles, equipment, marketing initiatives, it all runs on money. So set yourself some goals uh, and some business rewards with those goals. Staying on the theme of money, I also want to talk about investment. Investment can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But what I mean here specifically for you guys is investing in yourself. If you do not do any self-investment, you are going to have a, a much harder time overcoming business challenges. And you're also going to lag behind someone else who does put some time and energy and money into their own learning. And that could be a, a whole load of different ways to do that. Either you could buy business books. I have a whole blog post all on the recommended business books that I would recommend people read. Um, but then also, you know, spending time on things like learning from YouTube, Facebook groups, asking your peers, asking other people in the industry, like questions specifically around growth. Um, and the biggest one is, you know, potentially even looking at investing in yourself through a business coach. We can get you guys moving way faster than the average person. Uh, I usually recommend to my clients that I can actually get them moving and operating about five years ahead in the future uh, with the skills that we can teach you and develop within you and your business and the simple systems that we can put in place now that's going to save you a lot of time and money in the future. Um but investment in yourself is huge. You ask anybody that is running a big successful business, they will have some books, they will have some resources, and a lot of them will actually have a business coach that they've been working with to get them in the position that they're at right now. So I know that you're just starting out. There is uh, you know, a lot of investment uh, in your business earlier on, whether it's through your uniforms, branding, vehicle wraps, advertising, all of this stuff is gonna cost money. But if you can find a way to dedicate the profit from one job, if you can find a way to dedicate the profit from one singular job once a month, give me a call. Give me a call. I actually have a really, really good train, uh, program for people who are just getting into the, into the industry or are just starting out their business. It's 250 US per month. And we'll do a couple of meetings a month where we talk about your business and we actually get you on some sort of growth uh, scale and we get you on a trajectory where you're going to be beating out some of the guys that have been around for four or five years that aren't investing in themselves. So definitely get in contact with me if that sounds interesting to you. Again, it is the profit from one singular job, one singular job, and we could get you producing a lot more revenue, a lot more clients. We could get you doing more work, we can get you systematized, optimized, and running smoothly and fast-tracked into that four or five-year uh, learning style. So reach out to me if you'd be interested in that. You can go on our website, www.wethebrave. Uh, we do also have a lot of free resources as well for guys who are just getting into the industry. So let me know what you need. What questions do you have? Uh, you can actually put them up in this podcast say, hey, I need tools for X, Y, Z. Let me know what you need and I will try and get some, some free stuff to you. But if you're serious about this business and you want to grow it fast, get in contact with me through the website, book a time with me. We'll do a 30-minute consultation for free uh, and then we will take it from there, see how we can scale you up and see how we can get you moving faster. And that's about it, guys. I'm going to leave you here. I mean, there's... 3,000 things that we could talk about when we're starting our business, but generally when it comes to the, the kind of main ones, 
you know, we talked about mindset, we talked about branding, territory, analyzing our business, we talked about marketing, we talked about overheads, we talked about pricing models, uh, we talked about finding work, we talked about hiring people, we talked about money and future growth, we talked about investing in yourself. There's a lot of things that we covered here today, but very, 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 uh, you know, shallow amount of coverage there there's so much more to learn so if you're interested in learning a little bit more and you want to talk about these things in a bit more depth reach out to me i would love to chat to you guys if you're not already a member we also have a facebook group that is uh, pretty active we have a lot of contractors in there who are already talking these are part of people who are part of our programs already people who are either being coached uh, or they're in the facebook group to learn more um, we do believe in group learning is a really good way to get ideas, especially when it's lots of different home service industries all kind of sharing tips and tactics. That Facebook group is called the Brave Home Service Pro Facebook group. If you go into Facebook search bar into the groups tab and search for that, you will find us jump on in and we will get you in there and communicating with other people who are in the industry. I'm going to leave you there, guys. I really appreciate you tuning in today. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Hey, guys, just want to jump back on here real quick and, uh, and let you guys know about a super cool opportunity that I have for home service professionals that are looking to maybe do a little bit of investment in their own learning. And that is the six-week Home Service Pro Bootcamp that I am putting on uh, with Brave business solutions. Now, we are aiming to get a bunch of contractors together in this bootcamp, teach you guys the fundamental skills that you're going to need, uh, not just for the, um, the immediate time frame, but then also way into the future, give you some really, really lasting skills and tools that you can use uh, to, to grow your business in 2023 uh, and 2024 help you plan out a little bit more. We're going to be covering things like sales and marketing and how to get more work, how to create relationships in your community and, and, and get more realtors working with you. We're going to be talking about financial planning and tracking and business planning in general, talking about hiring employees, lots of really, really, really good stuff that if you've never, you've never done any investment in yourself, this is the one that you're going to want to do it with because this is specifically for home service businesses and it is tried and tested and when i say tried tried and tested it, i did it twice uh in my seven two seven uh figure home service businesses one was a painting company the other one was a moving company so lots of uh lots of really good learning in there our, our goal with this course is that you will fast track yourself three to four years into the future with this knowledge uh, to help you build your business further. So if you're interested in that, head over to our website. It's www.wethebrave.ca. Fill out a contact form online. Let us know that you're interested in the course or you at least want to hear more. And I will contact you personally and we'll talk about pricing. We'll talk about course uh, course dates. We do run this every six weeks. You don't need to be there at the start. You can jump in you know every six weeks you can or every every week you can jump into a different uh learning opportunity until you've completed all six modules of the course so uh it does run so if you've got any vacations planned or anything like that don't worry you're not going to miss out on anything you can just jump on the next one and catch up on the on the next uh the next learning so 
lost opportunity there we'd love to see you on the course if you are interested again head over to our website it's www.wethebrave.ca and we'll uh we'll get you some pricing and an overview of the course and we'll see if it might be something that could help your business uh thanks again for tuning in today and we'll, we'll see you on the next one